At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. I suck at dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. My name is Dean Unglert. Sitting right next to me is the man, the myth, the legend. The legend? I don't know about that. I Definitely a myth. Jared Haybon. And sitting in her apartment in the beautiful city of Montreal, Quebec, Vanessa Grimaldi. Hello. How are you? Hi, guys. Well, I love your top today. Thanks. I know I just sent you four pictures to help me choose one to post on Instagram. This is the first time I think I've ever seen you on FaceTime where you've actually looked like you were ready to go out somewhere. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, because I just I'm just, just trying got, to say that yeah. Vanessa always just right, comes up. Like, you're always wearing like, like sweats. <laughs> like she just got out of bed. <laughs> Way to start off the podcast. Your, clo- your closet door is always open. I can like see your socks sticking out of your drawers. I'm always recording from my bedroom, so I'm like, well, I'm just gonna roll out of bed and put on some lipstick and call it a day. You look great. Thank you. you I sh- actually put on. So it's been like really, really um, crappy weather in Montreal. So I found this product that makes it's kind of like a self tanner oil on the face. So maybe that's what. Looks I was gonna say different. you look tan. You yeah, look, I look tan. Yeah. You look radiant. It, you're glowing. Your hair is straight. Really Did you darken your hair? No, it's probably greasy. Did you whiten your teeth? I just—I don't know what, what it is, Vanessa. You're just—you're glowing right now. You're just trying right to now. pump me up for this episode, dude. Right now. I, I used to give compliments like that too, but now—now now I'm engaged. I'm not allowed. It's—it's. It's, I can't be like Vanessa. Wow, you look really good. You're radiant. Your hair looks good. No, People Sarah, listen always, and be like, "You're always really good at cheerleading me, though." Do you think that once you get engaged or in a relationship with someone, you're not allowed to compliment the opposite sex quite as much? Yes. I think, I think the level of compliments or how you're interacting definitely changes, of course. So or, the message that I, I, the message that I just sent you before recording this podcast, if I had a girlfriend, do you think that would be inappropriate? Wait, what did you write? Uh, maybe we, we don't need to tell the audience. Um, <laughs> we, we have a very special episode for the listeners out there. Um, we have Monica Berg coming on. <laughs> I just read it. <laughs> we have Monica, definitely inappropriate. Yeah, I know. 
We have Monica Bird coming on, um, and she is going to tell us all about how she became a change junkie and how that can help you and your potential significant other in relationships. Um, we're going to keep you guys up to date on topical events in our lives as well. We're going to hopefully discuss and dissect the conversation from last week a little bit more um, in regards to Jared and Ashley. Kendall and Joe moved in together. I think we can talk about that. I've never personally lived with a girlfriend, so we can, we can dive into that a little bit. Um, and... What else? What else do we want to talk about? Your sex life? I don't know. My sex life is... I <laughs> I, I feel like with... Dean always I... asks the sex questions. So yeah. here you go, Dean. I was actually just thinking today. I shower today. Well, I mean, I shower most days. <laughs> How many times a week do you shower? <laughs> like five. Well, it's pretty... De- I actually did Oh, say. wow. Oh, and for, the record, for the record out there, I started using soap again. I think I've talked about this before. My hair has been smelling delicious yeah. and fruity and fresh. You know what? I've been using... I told you I stopped using deodorant, then I started using natural deodorant. My armpits were so itchy. Good huh. God. I think it was a charcoal... Yeah. So I had to stop using all natural deodorant. Now I'm back on the Interesting. aluminum I'm sure people, one. That's exactly what people no want to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I was thinking today, and this is obviously going to be way too much information, but I was thinking about my sex life or lack thereof, and I was like, wow, I haven't manscaped in a long time. Really? Yeah. I think I was like preparing to jump in the shower, and I was looking down, and I was like, wow, that is getting messy down there. This is way too TMI. (laughs) There we go. Well, for my, like, personally, I don't like it when it's super shaved and, like, too clean. I mean, I never go, like, a straight razor to get it all the way down, but, like, an electric razor to get it nice and trimmed and all put together. Yeah, never a straight razor down there. But I was was looking down there today, just admiring it, you know? Yeah, you never use an electric razor on your face in that area as well. No, absolutely not. Men out there, just make sure you have two electric razors. So what do you use, Nair? What do you use? No, you use two razors. I use, uh, like, a wall electric razor. Yeah, same. And it has, like, the... I mean, and I mean, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I use the same razor for my face. Oh, good God, man. <laughs> I, I, do, I do that, too. You do? I do. I just started doing that. What, uh, why? This, the face and <laughs> that region. The exact same one or the same type of razor? The exact same one. Any, why? Any reason you started doing it or just out of convenience? I was shaving my face. I've never done that down there before. Ever. You're tell- wait, you're, how wait, old are you? Wait, wait, I'm 31. Okay, you're, 30, you're telling me in 31 years of life. 31 years of life. You never took an electric razor down the, downstairs. No. You are Jason Biggs from American Pie. You're messing with us right now. I'm not messing you with us. You must I, be. I, I, I swear to God. I, I mean, why uh, why trim a garden that nobody's visiting was my attitude before. You've been married. <laughs> married. Like I'm married now, but but in the past, before I was married, oh. I, it wasn't a it wasn't an issue. But I, I get that. I was shaving my face, and I thought it's well, quite sad. I'm sorry. Why? Why? <laughs> you know what? Why not? Let's live a little. <laughs> I will say the one nice the one nice thing from a man's perspective. Again, we're gonna get into too much information here. The nice thing about trimming it and keeping it uh, put together down there is it adds some size. At oh. least to, to to the eyes, it makes it look bigger. At least to my eyes, when I'm looking down, yeah, there's a there's a significant difference. You, you maybe walk around with your shoulders back a little bit more, your chest yeah, puffed out, just you're feeling more confident. Honest, it's the truth. I'm gonna go on a or I'm going hiking actually next week, and I was like, well, I better trim before I go hiking because it's gonna make me feel lighter and looser and all that kind of stuff. So, so I'm not sure how to segue into our next topic, but here we go. We have Monica Berg who's on the line, but before we get to her, uh, Vanessa, how about women's shoes? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was just at, I don't know if you saw on Instagram at the Cirque du Soleil show and I showed up in heels, but I knew by the end of the night I was going to be really uncomfortable. So I brought my Rothy's shoes with me. I don't know if you heard about this company, but they make stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles. That's right. 
They're really, really comfortable and they're machine washable and they're easy to put in your purse. Rothy's has quickly grown to a most loved gotta have them brand. It's no surprise they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. They're super stylish, they're sustainable, comfortable, washable, all in one pair of shoes. They're the perfect flats for life on the go. And if you're on the go like myself, I always put a pair of Rothy's shoes either in my car or in my purse. Rothy's are the everyday flats for life on the go. They're stylish and versatile. And they go, they literally go with everything that you wear from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. I was wearing this really cute um, romper with uh, like, like leaves on it or whatever. Like it had a really cute print. So it went, it literally went with everything that I wore. Rothy's comes in a wide range of colors and patterns and they're available in four different silhouettes. Plus they're constantly launching new styles. So you're guaranteed to find a pair or three that you'll love. It will blow your mind that they're made from recycled water bottles. It's crazy. Plastic water bottles, that's what the shoes are made of. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills. So when you buy your shoes, you know that you're going to look stylish and you're doing a good thing for the world. So it's, it's, it's a perfect match. They're fully machine washable. Rothy's are manufactured in a zero waste factory and they ship directly in the shoe box. No unnecessary packaging. These are feel good flats in more than just one Mother's Day is around the corner, so you know if you need a if you need an idea to um, buy your mom, you can always buy her a pair of Rothy's, a pair or two. Just buy. I just actually bought my mom a pair. Um, she saw my pair of shoes when I was at the Cirque du Soleil show, and they're like, I, she's like, I gotta have. She tried mine on, and she's like, they're super comfortable. So I got her a pair. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at Rothy's.com/dean. Go to Rothy's.com/dean to get your favorite flats. They're comfortable, they're stylish, and sustainable. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash D-E-A-N today. Dean, have- Dean gets the code for women's shoes. <laughs> Dean gets the code for everything. You want shoes. shoes. You want to know what else I have the code for? Noom. And why I have the code is because I know you guys don't need to stick to a weight loss plan because you're already in impeccable shape, but I do. And it can be very, very hard. Oh, yeah, you're so out of shape. Especially when you don't know how to handle the obstacles and thoughts that hold you back from making progress like me. So let me tell you about Noom and how they can help you live a healthier lifestyle like they've already helped me. We're all set for time, but Noom just asks for 10 minutes a day just for yourself. With Noom, you'll have personalized training and, and your own support team for less than the price of a single appointment with a nutritionist or personal trainer. It takes the agony out of food tracking with one of the biggest food databases available, and it doesn't say you can't have certain foods, like the good stuff, obviously, which we all love. It just teaches you about moderation, which is one of the most important things. They have easy 30-second online evaluation, which shows you how much weight you can lose and keep off if you keep up with it. Um, I was at Coachella a couple weeks ago, and I have been using Noom since then to help me lose a little bit of weight. I think I've discussed this in the past. I've been bulking up a little bit, uh, not because I want to, but Noom has been helping me. They're designed for results. It's out with the old habits, in with the new, and you can sign up for your free trial today at noom.com slash dean. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash D-E-A-N. You literally have nothing to lose except for all your weight. Visit noom.com slash dean to start your free trial today. Again, one last time, noom.com slash dean. Start losing weight for good. When I put on like 10 pounds after Ashley and I got engaged and like we were just eating pizza every day, I really wish I described my weight gain just like you did. I've been bulking up over the past (laughs) couple months, not intentionally, (laughs) just... I literally, I got up to 199 pounds. I've never hit 200 in my life. 
I've always well, you been. You still look good, Dean. I hey, don't, great. but I appreciate it. I'm putting a lot of it on my like my neck area. Mm -hmm. I see myself in pictures. And I'm like, ah. You've never hit 200 pounds. You're six two. Six two. I've always been around like 185 to 190, and I'm. Just, it's just like I don't know. It's bad. So I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. I'm. I'm sticking with Noom. When was the last time you had a? Alcoholic beverage. I mean, a couple days ago, but like, I'm not, I'm not drinking Coachella. alcohol anymore. <laughs> I'm not getting drunk anymore, I should say. I haven't been drunk in like three, since Coachella, actually. So like three weeks. Monica Berg that's is good. on hold. So oh, let's uh... talk to Monica. <laughs> Monica. Well, we have Monica Berg on the line. Uh, she has a brand new book out. It is called Fear is Not an Option and is available everywhere books are sold. Monica, are you on the line? Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well. Monica, were you just hearing our latest conversation? No, I oh, good. No. Thank God. <laughs> we'll spare you. And we won't fill you in. It was don't just worry. about uh, men's grooming, and yeah. we don't need to. I think we actually should that. have a dedicated episode to that one day. Of all about men's grooming? Well, just grooming, about in grooming in general. Grooming in general, yeah, like shaving my legs and shaving my armpits. Like, is it a necessity? No, but it's an ex it's an expectation that women have to do. Ashley just got that laser done, so she doesn't have to shave for like three oh, months, apparently. Right. I never really realized well, forever, how... I think. She doesn't have to I shave know. forever. All right. Well, let's get back to it. Anyway, Monica, <laughs> I'm so sorry to keep you holding. We could talk about this all day, apparently. Uh, but Monica, yeah. you, you describe yourself as a change junkie, um, and you just wrote a brand new book called Fear is Not an Option. So tell us, where did that title come from? Why did you write this book? And what is fear to you? Well, I decided to write this book um, because I counsel a lot of different people, and two themes come up uh, for all. It's fear and relationships. So I actually started to write my first book, which is called Rethink Love, and it's a tome of a book. It's 66,700 words because, you know, people need a lot of guidance when it comes to relationship. It can bring us the most joy and then also at some point, you know, be the biggest source of agony and pain. Um, but that book took a really long time, and so I got impatient, and I, I wrote Fear, and I finished that in nine months, and I published that one first. Um the title I came up with because it happened to me one night when I was grappling with fear over 15, 16 years ago. And um, my mentor and father-in-law was yelling at me on the other end of the phone when he heard me panicking that fear is not an option. And when mm -hmm. fear is no longer an option, then you have to look for other options that are more viable. So when you remove the thing that scares you the most and you don't give it any energy, then you need to find a solution. And you tell your brain that we need to look for one, and it's an obedient servant. Um, my question is, how do we do that? <laughs> well, that's all in the book. Fair First enough. is you want to challenge yourself to think differently. Um, and that's consciousness. Consciousness is everything. So how you perceive mm -hmm. life, what your perspective is, dictates how your experiences will be. So if you get a handle on that and you really look and you're honest with yourself and you give yourself emotional feedback, then you can change the course of your life in every way, whether it's fear or you know, and, and also that ties into relationships also because people fear rejection, they fear failure. It just gets in our way and it paralyzes us from living the life we all really want to. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes uh, of all time is actually from Jim Carrey, don't judge me. But I actually really enjoy his perspective in life. He has a very different way of thinking. But he talks about fear and how it's a big player in all of our lives. And he says that what he actively tries to do is he tries to make decisions based out of love and not fear. And actually, he told a story one time about his father, which always has kind of stuck with me. And he talks about how his father could have been a great comedian, but he was scared 
because he thought that his dreams were out of hand and unreachable. And so he took a safe job. And when Jim Carrey was 12 years old, his father got fired from that safe job. And that was a very big lesson in Jim Carrey's life because he realized that you can fail at the things that you don't want to do. So you might as well go after the things you love. Wow. And, and it's a very impactful quote that I've always thought about in my life because a lot of my life, I make decisions based out of fear. And I think it's held me back in a lot of different areas, uh, both uh, career path, uh, relationship wise, uh, my own personal uh, confidence. And so it's scary. Well, way, life is scary. That's everybody. I mean, that is the majority of how the world lives, right? And then, you know, it's would you rather the pain of discipline, which is going after what you want and all those things, even if it's scary and um, sometimes met with disappointment, or would you rather the pain of regret? Because when you meet that, your options are not there any longer. I know. That's much more painful. It is more painful, but there's something about regret that you can almost cope with because... If you'd never go after the things that you want, you can always have that caveat of, well, I never really tried. Like, if I tried, I think I could have done it. And that's not yeah, a good way of living. I'm not saying it is. But I think <laughs> a lot of people think that way. And so well, do I. Well, because there's a psychological reason why we do that. When you come with your excuses early on, then you have this armor to protect your ego so that when you fail, you're like, oh, you know, it's self-sabotage at its greatest. Like, let's say you have a big exam or SATs. I know a lot of people do this and they go out the night before and they get drunk and they have a hangover. So the next morning, well, I didn't do well because I was out late the night before. We just, mm -hmm. it's, it's a defense mechanism to protect our ego. But again, if you break it down and you look at it and you challenge your consciousness, then you can really live your authentic life. I mean, everybody, everybody can have what they want. They just need to get out of their way. And I know it's a hard thing, but it's like a muscle. If you practice it and you start with baby steps, eventually you can achieve it. Monica, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? No, he's a he's a clinical psychologist, uh, but I've been listening to a lot of his lectures lately and a lot of the stuff that you're saying aligns with the stuff that he preaches as well. And it's crazy because it's a lot of stuff that you until you like sit down and really think about it, you don't realize ex everything that's kind of going on. You know what I mean? And so I, I think it's great that what you're doing is you're helping people identify that. And then once mm -hmm. uh, obviously the first step is always identifying and then you can kind of work on it from there. Well, identifying and then followed by immediate action. Right. So, and that's the key, right? It, it can't be something that you just think about because then you replace talk for action. Often we talk about our dreams. We talk about what we desire and we feel like we're actually making strides because we've spent so much time and energy discussing it. We feel like a little bit, the sense of reward, you know, in our mind, look, I'm doing, I'm working towards it. You're not actually, you're just talking about it. Mm -hmm. so Monica, you have a important. really powerful story. I think you're really open about it. Um, you had developed an eating disorder mm -hmm. um, and you came out stronger than ever. And recently this weekend, I was at an event and a woman spoke about bulimia and how she was battling that for a couple of years. And now she's a solid, strong, independent woman. She's a really bright light. And my question, like one thing that stuck was, how did you, how does someone get out of that? Like, I think a lot of our listeners could, could resonate with stories of people being stuck in a dark hole. Like I, you know, like this past week I was literally crying every day and I'm like, I couldn't find a way to get out of that. So what did you do or for people listening, what can they do to get out of that dark hole? Well, I love that question. And for me, it was anorexia, but people can find themselves in any kind of situation where you feel hopeless and sad. I mean, it was really the most isolating, sad time of my life. And I had a lot of shame about having the disorder and also feeling mm -hmm. shame about my life just at the time um, got me into the disorder. And 
the thing that I craved the most at that time because I was so lonely and, um, you know, and, and that thought it consumes you all day long. And it's not really about food. It's about control. I wanted a sense of control over my life because I felt out of control. So I just wanted a relationship. I wanted to be loved because I really didn't love myself enough, right? I mean, a person doesn't starve themselves nearly to death if they practice self-love. So mm-hmm. I realized that everything that I was looking for and that I was craving and the lack that I felt could never come from an external place. It couldn't come from a person, a job, a different country I would live in or anything else. It had to start within. And I really started to practice that. So I started to become more spiritual, become more aware of nature, of purpose, of meaning and um, starting to live my life in that way and connecting to something higher. And also I took the most important relationship any of us will ever have in life seriously. And that was the relationship I have with myself because you mm-hmm. live within your body in your skin. If you don't like how you feel or what you see when you look in the mirror, because body images are not just physical, right? It's every single thing we feel walking in our skin. And if you don't like who you are at your core, it's like being mm-hmm. in a wet bathing suit with sand inside stuck to you all day long. It's like that uncomfortable. So I started to really stop and listen and ask myself real questions. I finally gave myself the permission to want and to have desire because a lot of people have the shame of wanting also, especially women. We're told at an early age that you should seem kind and polite and there's certain things that women shouldn't do. And, you know, all of that nonsense feedback that we're given from society, from family, from environment, from television, and we believe it at some point. So I finally said enough. I'm going to say that this is what I want and it's okay to want. And when I started to do that, I really became a friend to myself. I started journaling. I started hearing my desires. And slowly, slowly, once I acknowledged them, I was able to start taking action towards creating that for myself. Well, that's wonderful. Um, So you talk about practicing self-love. And of course, in order to love someone else, you need to learn how to love yourself. What kind of advice can you give for people who are in relationships and want to have a healthier relationship with their partner? Well, I love that, too, because in my next book, Rethink Love, it's a three-part book, and the first is called Me, and it's all about the relationship you have with yourself, which is the fundamental step most people miss before they enter a relationship, which is why often we attract the wrong kinds of people, because we're looking at it from a place of, you know, maybe it's just attraction or maybe it's financial, because if you don't really know yourself, you're not going to be able to attract the person that will meet you on that same level, basically, spiritually speaking. The second part of the book is going from me to we. How do you keep yourself, right, and not lose it in the relationship? And the last part is we, and that's how to navigate through a successful relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you are in a relationship with somebody and you want to either hold on to who you are or still discover that, it's important to make sure that you cultivate time for yourself to do things that you love and that you're passionate about. And mm-hmm. then you bring that together to the relationship and that he does the same, right? The yeah. problem becomes when you start to live somebody else's life or somebody else's ideal of what you should be, right? And how that makes them feel. These are all the ways that we kind of go down the wrong path. Yeah. And I feel like when I was in my younger 20s, well, I think throughout my 20s and relationships, I I lost who I was. And I remember telling my friends, like, I hate who I become when I'm in a relationship because I, I just lose a, a sense of who I am. And I just fully immerse myself in my partner's life and lifestyle. And then I lose the things that I'm, that I'm passionate about. And then when the relationship would end, 
I would get back into being who I was again. And I'm like, I need to learn. And I knew that was one of my biggest mistakes in relationships. I need to learn how to cultivate a healthy relationship with myself and with my partner and for my partner to be a part of the things that I love to do. I have a question for you. So obviously communication is a big part of relationships. Do you think that if there are little things about someone that you're romantically intertwined with that bother you, do you think it's important to voice those uh, annoyances? Or do you, because I guess my point is, is if, if someone's asking you to change little nuances about yourself to kind of get them away from who they are at the core, do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing? I, I, what's, your, what's your take on that? Well, I love this question, and I could literally speak about it for hours because there's so many different levels to this and layers. Um, the, this is the thing. When you get into relationships, I think that on one hand, it's very healthy to notice things that you don't like about somebody because if you're under that spell, right, We all when it's the romantic love, I'll call it, um, everything is amazing. And then that's going to go away at some point. Those euphoric feelings die down and then you're stuck with the reality of it. So I like when people can see the, all of the person, right? Both good and bad. So that's one. Two, you, you don't, you know, a, a lot of people get in relationships. They're like, okay, I like 70% of them, but when we're married or when we're together, I'm going to change this. I don't think that's healthy. I think that the only way this works in terms of wanting to change something about your partner is if your ideal for them matches their own. So for instance, if you want your girlfriend to be, um, let's say Marilyn Monroe, but her ideal for herself is Joan of Arc, there's going to be a conflict there. It's never going to match up. Right. And I don't think it's fair either. If that's really who she is at her core and that might threaten you, let's say, then maybe that's something for you to work on in terms of how that makes you feel. So sometimes my point is if a person, let's say, is acting selfishly in a relationship and you want them to change to be more of a sharing person, I think that's a worthwhile conversation because there's growth in that and the relationship can grow and you can grow together as partners because I think that is a lofty goal. But again, if it goes back to I want her to be more feminine this way and she's really kind of somebody who's more spirited, you don't want to break that because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Do you think it almost you be do you do you think it almost be more the other person's responsibility to fall in love with the characteristics that he would be hoping to change initially, right? Like so it's like instead of changing things about you, I'll just learn how to love those things about you that make you who you are. You know what I mean? Exactly. Unless it's hurting them or you, or it's something that they also, again, want to change. Like, let's say that you were somebody who practiced spirituality and they had no interest at all in it. I think those are kinds of signs. Again, mm-hmm. how important is that for you to keep in your life? Or um, if you love travel and they didn't, right? So you could talk about why and you could encourage them and I want to explore the world with you. I think you would want to meet somebody. So it's less about travel and more about is that person flexible and does that match your style? Mm-hmm. Right. There's, that- so there's certain things that, that are worthwhile having a conversation. I think you can ask somebody to change and be excited about, but then there's other things. It depends where you're coming from, what's your agenda it makes me think of that story uh, of the russian cosmonaut who goes up and there's like a ticking noise in his spacecraft and he can't find the ticking noise and so rather than go <laughs> rather than going insane he just learns to fall in love with the ticking noise it's kind of the same thing as it applies to relationships where it's like there might be things that bother you in small ways but if you learn to love them for those things then you 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 figure it out you know well, I think it's all about yeah, compromising I mean, as well. Not only just with physical things, you know, compromising what movie we're going to go see, but compromising emotions as well. Because there might be things that you don't particularly like about your significant other, but that doesn't mean that you don't love them or can't accept who they are for exactly that, who they are. You know, because you don't want but it, it is a hard balance, and I agree with Dean, and obviously, Monica, you're tapping in on it, that it is really hard to navigate, well, what's in, what 
are the important things that I need my significant uh, significant other to do for me um, that they don't necessarily um, n- normally do. But again, it, it, where is it coming from? Are your expectations realistic and are they mm-hmm. fair? Are they just in the physical or are they something that has more meaning and purpose attached to it? Because after time, look, looks fade. Sex gets old. I mean, all these mm-hmm. things, yes, they're important. And yes, you want to attach it. And yes, you want to have a good sex life. But that's not the end all be all. You have to decide on your own what are your top three things that really matter to you that will last decades, right? And those are the things I think are worth talking about and making sure that you are aligned and that you have that in common because that is what I mean. I'm, I'll be married 22 years in August. Like, that is what keeps a relationship successful. And all the other mm-hmm. things are, are things that you want to have laughter and levity and be curious together. But you have to at your core meet up. And and again, the biggest thing, and it's actually, there's a name for this, it's called the Michelangelo effect. It, again, back to the Joan of Arc thing, your vision of them has to match their own vision of themselves. Because mm. if you keep trying to change somebody to match what you want, you can forget about it. Yeah. Well, and and I the think... opposite, there's a, yeah. I think that's where, (laughs) yeah, no, I love, you're so insightful. So I think that's where, and it's, so you said the Michelangelo, what is it? Effect, effect. Michelangelo effect. It's so true because when you meet someone, you have, you're projecting your expectations and what you want in a partner and you're like, well, you see maybe one of the, one of the qualities this person has. So you kind of associate all the other qualities that you want your partner to have in this person. And when they don't show up and they don't have those actual qualities, you get disappointed, but I think it's a, a matter of taking time to really get to know your partner and giving them the space to show for them to show up as their true self instead exactly. of you projecting all those those expectations. Well, well, Monica, we we really appreciate you taking the time to call in today. Um, and you just came out with the book Rethink Love, correct? Yeah. Well, that's coming out soon. So the one oh. that's out right now is Gears on Option, but gotcha. I will be back when the next one is out. I hope. And, Absolutely. Uh, yes. When can we expect Rethink Love to hit shelves? Um, in the next year. I mean, it's done, but you know, there's a process, but I do have a blog. It's called rethink life today and lots of different articles and relationships and many other things. All right, there you go. If you're listening to this and you want to learn more about Monica, um, check out her blog, be sure to check out her first book as well. Fear is on an option and rethink love will be hitting shelves hopefully within the next year. And we can definitely have you back on. We would love to talk about that a little bit more as well. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Monica. Thanks Monica. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. That was insightful. Fear yeah, is not super. an option. I think it's great when people, I I mean, um, no, she was super, she was great. She was insightful. She made a lot of sense. I love when people can use uh, like logic and reasoning to back their opinions. And it seems I like agree. she did that a lot. She did do that a lot. Because fear is pretty illogical. Most of it anyway. Some, um, some fear is logical. Fear of heights, you know, because you don't want to fall and die. But fear of death is illogical because it's going to happen inevitably. Beautiful. It was poetic. Um, while Monica was on the phone, we had our good friend Ben Higgins walk in the studio. He's eating a sandwich, but he's going to join us later on. Mm. So, Dean, you're talking about losing weight. Have you been working out? I have been trying to work out a lot more, and obviously we've talked about it here before. About how one What of, have we talked about? One of the main struggles of working out is going to the gym. Well, it takes too much time. By it, the time you drive there, park, get there, it's already 20 minutes out of your day. Exactly, and that's why we love OpenFit, which takes the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you... To work out from the comfort of your living room. Where? From the comfort of your living room. Holy crap. <laughs> Open Fit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. Sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of the worldwide sensation Extend Bar. 
What's your favorite class, Jared? Well, my favorite class is 600 seconds. Now, that's with the trainer, Devin Wiggins. Now, you can choose up to 42 high-intensity workouts of every type and style. You do them for 30 days, and you can lose weight, flatten your abs, shape your body, and look great like Dean looks right now. Look at that. He's <clears> flexing <throat> right now. I'm holding his arm. Sure am. It's, it's very You can forget all the complexity and stress around getting fit and just press play and work out on your schedule. Now, OpenFit has changed the way that I work out, and you can use our code. Dean! <sighs> Code's Dean. <laughs> And you can join us on a fitness uh, fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, you can use our code Dean and start using OpenFit for our journey, your journey to a healthier lifestyle. And right now, during the OpenFit 30-day challenge, our listeners our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial. Did you hear that? 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text Dean. <laughs> to 30 30 30 that's text d-e-a-n to 30 you'll so get one more time you will get full access to open fit sorry for interrupting you jared i'm that's just quite. so passionate about open fit you, all you, the workouts and all the nutrition information are totally free again just text d-e-a-n to 30 30 30 and start today dean <laughs> true love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that it's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. 
Some amazing Black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies. The list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We just had Monica on the line. I would love. We have this guy just creeping around the a, podcast studio right now. We've got a lurker right in studio. He's like been begging for to be a guest on the podcast for months now. Ye- honestly, years. Um, and honestly, so what's funny is we obviously we do uh, listener emails as often as we can. We love our listener emails. And it, it looks like our good friend actually sent us a listener email. Um, and I'm going to read it. his question. Maybe he can help us answer it himself. <laughs> this is not from Ben. I know it's not from Ben, but I'm going to pretend like it actually is. I like that fantasy too. Because <laughs> the guy's name is Ben. Okay, so, so we got an email from a man named Ben. And the title is Social Media and Dating. And Ben is ready to help. Ben, just say hi to our, our listeners. I was still lurking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I was described hi, as... Hi, Ben. A, hi, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, I just texted you and said it's great to see your face. Um, oh, you You did? Yeah, I think I, I, st- I think I still have your phone number. But either way, either that or somebody <laughs> random just got a very <laughs> yeah. nice text message from Ben Higgins. Yeah, uh, I was looking Save around. That number. I've never been described as lurking, and as I picture myself lurking, I feel like it does fit me. Um. Anyways, hey everybody, thanks for letting me come on. Hey Ben, how's things? How's life? What are you doing in LA? Uh, I'm here for my podcast. I'm mm. doing an event with Delta. Um. And sometimes I just like to come out here. It makes me feel cooler when I land in L.A. I get off the plane, I look at the Hollywood sign, and I feel like I've made it. So I just fight it once in so a while. Well. Yeah. You're a freaking star. <laughs> you blend. Um, I will say I was driving back from Colorado yesterday, and um, I was driving to like Nevada or something, getting a little groggy. You know, it's a long drive, 15 hours, and I turned on one of my favorite podcasts, Almost Famous Podcasts, and just listened to this guy talk <laughs> for 45 minutes. It was one of the best things I could have done for myself at the time. And you fell asleep? <laughs> I was driving, so thankfully no. Ben, you have a very soothing voice. I can see you uh, doing like audiobooks. Do you guys remember? Um, sorry, Vanessa. When Nick uh, read that like audiobook for like at one point, do you did you ever remember that? No. He like did a yeah, thing. I remember that. Yeah, he did a thing with Audible, and he he read. Yeah. He was like the voice of some books that you could listen to. I have to find these books. <laughs> what is it called? Like BDSM yeah, this like or something? A year, this is like two years ago. Yeah. I remember when that came out. You could do that stuff, I feel like. Or you could do like voiceovers for like uh, like a uh, Pixar movie. I'm not a great reader. Oh, it's yeah. tough sometimes. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. So we have a listener okay. email. You don't have to read it. I'll read it to you. Mm-hmm. I know you're a great listener. Um, that's why you're so great in relationships. So this email is from Ben. For Ben. And us as well. The title is Social Media and Dating. And Ben says... I recently broke up with my girlfriend of four years, and I've been single ever since for about a year now. 
I've tried online dating and have gone on many dates off the apps, but none of them lead anywhere. And this is where our Ben Higgins can come in because he's a social media savant. I can't help but think this is mainly due to my social media usage. I have never been a huge Instagram guy and I rarely post anything, but Vanessa states having met her boyfriend on Instagram and Ben Higgins met his girlfriend through the same uh, platform as well. So when talking with some of my women friends, they told me that when they match with a guy, the first thing they do is look them up on Instagram and he's wondering, uh, so, so Ben asks, am I missing out on quality matches by not using Instagram? And do you think I need to step up my Instagram game as much as I hate social media in order to start dating? Good question. Ben? Um, Well, first off, that email was not from me to me. That email was from a (laughs) a fan of the podcast named Ben. Vanessa, uh, to start here, I didn't realize that you had met your uh, really handsome boyfriend on social media as well. Yeah, he slid into my DMs, and I was like, all for it. I did the same thing to Jessica. I slid into her DMs, and it's working out really great. Um, So here's, here's the backstory to all of this. The the week uh, there was two weeks before I slid into Jessica's DMs. I had um, found her picture because I was in Nashville, and her picture is one of the top posts. And I screenshot it because I was like, "This is creepy. Feels very lurky." Um, what does that mean, top posts? So I was staying at the Hilton downtown in Nashville. Um, a hockey team was checking in, and I was checking in, and I was like, "I wonder what hockey team this is." And then you saw Jess, and, and you I were saw Jess checking out, and I was like, "Hey, this looks nice." <laughs> Uh, Did you see her in person or you saw her on Instagram? Okay. On Instagram. Gotcha. So I screenshot her profile, held on to it, um, and then uh, I was in Vegas actually with Jared and Dean, and uh, we were at uh, the iHeart Fest, and what happened was they told me, hey, one of the cool things to do today is you message people on Instagram. I think Dean had said that. I don't know if Jared was in on that conversation not if Ashley stood next to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I was shocked. Honestly, that was a surprise to me because I've always, until that moment, and, and Vanessa, I'm really interested in hearing what you think here. Until that moment, I thought it was a little creepy, a little weird, a little forward, and it wasn't exactly um, the right You're, thing to do. Right. Do you, so you've never done that before? Uh, I had, girlfriend? I, no, not before Jess. Um, and so, and ne- I guess never in a romantic way, like never with the pursuit of connecting with somebody. Well, let me ask, right. let me ask you this, Ben, because obviously Jess is, we, I don't think any of us have met Jess in person, but we can yeah. see on Instagram that she's a beautiful girl. Yeah. Do you think that if I she, she, she of course she is, she's amazing. Yeah. And so are you. Do you think that if she didn't curate her Instagram, obviously it wasn't like a, she was a, wasn't like a social media blogger, influencer, mm-hmm. or anything like that. But do you think that if she didn't have as much of a presence on social media as she did, you, she still would have caught your eye for you to want to DM her? Um, I don't know. That's hard to say. Yeah. So the, then the backstory is I, I then messaged her mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, you know, whatever message I sent, like if you're into this or not, Dean, you make a good point. Yeah. If, if her, uh, her profile stood out to me for a few reasons, she's beautiful. Um, that stood out to me. So her picture was the first thing her, her bio actually was a big deal to me. What was uh, it? talked a lot about faith, uh, but not in like a really weird way, not in like a <clears throat> believe in this kind of way. It mm-hmm. was just like, I could tell it was an authentic, like, this is my expression and this is who I am on my bio. And then she had a lot of pictures with her friends, which was big to me, and a lot of smiling pictures. And there was none that looked like she, I don't like, was trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing, but but yet she just had a, like a glow about her that was attractive to me, and she was highlighting that. I don't think she meant to, honestly. Knowing her now for the last few months, like I know she definitely didn't mean to mm-hmm. uh, bring that out. But I saw that, and I was attracted to it, um, and it allowed me at least the foundation to like want to get to know her. But then there's still a lot to to know. So so Ben, to answer your question. Ben to Ben, to answer your question, I think there is something fair 
um, about being and, and right about being as authentic and genuine as possible on your social media page. Uh, because at the end of the day, that is your expression of yourself to the public. I think I think his concern is he maybe doesn't post frequently enough. And I know you, mm-hmm. I know you have, have expressed to me how it's challenging. Because I think before the show, for you and probably for me and Jared as well, we probably didn't post on Instagram very much. I maybe posted I didn't like have once an a Instagram. month. You didn't have an Instagram. Yeah, exactly. I would post pictures you didn't of have like an trees and the show? mountains. No, I had a Facebook that was private. Wow. And then I, a funny story: one of my friends was saying that I needed to create an Instagram. And I was terrified because, you know, the show puts the fear of God of you. And it's like, don't go on social media, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw you, Ben, with an Instagram. And I was uh, like, oh, uh, if he's got an Instagram, <laughs> I'm fine. Like, they're not, they're not going to come after me. Aren't you glad you did? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I do think, like, social media has always been stressful for me. And not in, in the or- world. And I don't know. Vanessa, if you feel more stress in this, it's it's stressful for me because I don't know how to post enough. Like I don't, oh, I, I do a lot yes. of really great things, and my life is very full of joy and events mm-hmm. and moments and stories. I, I feel that way. Like I, I've never doubted that about myself. But here's my problem: two things. One, capturing those moments, I'm never good at. I'm always about mm-hmm. five seconds behind. Right? Oh, that was a really cool thing. Can you reenact it for me? Or two, I don't want to capture it because I'm I want to be in the moment. And three, right. Like, I don't do that many things that then create a great picture. You know, like golfing with yeah. my buddies on a Sunday, really well, good time, not a great Instagram post. Yeah. Vanessa, I sorry, think Vanessa. it's different for men versus women. Like, I think for guys, you can really just post anything you want to post. For no, women, no, no, I no, feel no, like there's no, really, really? It's a complete I feel opposite. like there's such a strategy. No, and that's no, why no, I had no, so no, much no. anxiety this past week. My boyfriend is so encouraging. He's like, we, I have this camera I, I bought, I never used. And he's like, okay, we're going to go around the city. We're going to find, like, he followed a bunch of, like, cool Montreal accounts. He's like, we're going to go around the city. We're going to take some really cute pictures. I literally sat in the car and I cried for an hour. I'm like, I can't physically do it because I just feel like it's not authentic. Like, why am I taking pictures? Why am I posting these pictures? And I just, I felt like I just needed a little bit of a social media break. So, like, for the the Ben that did write into, that did write uh, to the podcast, I think there is a level of, um, I guess, not a necessity to have a social media account, but that's how we connect with people. Like, I don't give my phone number out. I'm like, oh, follow me on Instagram and, you know, we'll connect through Instagram. And that's my that's my way of connecting with people. Um, But if you do want to have a social media account, then post the things like Ben Piggins said, the things that are true to yourself. Because I remember when I was posting a bunch of pictures of me and babies and puppies and I wanted to date this one guy. And my friend was like, well, he doesn't want to date you because you look like a girl that just wants to get married. And I'm like, well, I do want to get married. So, like, thank you for not, you know, wanting to talk to me. So I that that by being authentically myself on on social media allowed me to kind of get rid of the people that I shouldn't be dating and attract the people I should be like my boyfriend who slid into my DMs. I do want to say, though, before we move on, I, I think that it's far easier for women to post on Instagram for the simple oh, fact. Oh, God, no. See, I disagree because, like, maybe it's because of what has happened after the show for us. But, like, a great example is Ashley could post literally just a photo in a bikini, right? She's like, I'm just going to post this, right? And it gets hundreds of comments being like, you go, girl, you look great, blah, blah, blah. If I posted a picture of me just standing on the beach in my bathing suit, people would be like, 
Why the hell are you posting this? What are you no, doing? You to, come up with good captions. So I feel like your captions are, are what draw well, much appreciated. Vanessa, that, Vanessa, I love many you. Many hours of stress go into those captions. Vanessa, I love you, but you're dead wrong in this situation. Because no. a, like, to Jared's uh, point, no. you can a girl, like look at Amanda Stanton and Rebecca Tilly, beautiful, charismatic, incredible women. All they have to do is post a picture in a cute outfit, say, thinking about tacos, 100K likes. You know? Guys can't do that. No. It's, well, not, uh, it's not like it's necessarily fair or unfair in any way. It's just it's a different... Uh, yeah, I'm not approach. saying it's right or can wrong. I, no, can, let me respond well, first. The pressure of posting. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to convey. The pressure of posting a picture that will get I, the light. I think that's all for all of us because we do have like this little bit of following on Instagram, and it's like no, no, <laughs> no. I think I, I th you don't get stressed out when you post a picture. No, I never have stressed out about posting a picture, mostly because if all else fails, like. I mean, well, I'm not going down that much in my life, but no, I don't mean going down. I just mean in terms of criticism and heat more so like I just people know people aren't going to care. Like you said, like, mm -hmm. like a great picture of me golfing on a Sunday with my friends. It's like, sure, I'd love to post this, but I got no, to, no one's going to care. It's it's, it's too full here. So you're not wrong and she's not wrong. In this world, so you have to always remember the, the environment that we're living in. The environment that we're living in is very women followed. And so for being a woman and posting on Instagram, you're going to get more attention. You're going to get more criticism. And you're also going to get a lot more praise because that's a demographic that's following, watching. We, as, unless I'm Dean, and you, Jared, Jared you look good right now. Oh, um, thanks, buddy. You look good, too. Or, what are you I talking mean, about? You can stand on a beach and take a picture, and, and women are going to enjoy it. But at the same time, most of the women following this show aren't interested in seeing 20 to 30-year-old dudes shirtless on a beach. They might enjoy it. They might appreciate it. But what they really want to follow is, are the women, like, what are they wearing? What kind of makeup are they using? How can my life be enhanced? Or what can I figure out that's right. a secret to right. the world that I'm living in in my everyday life? Yep. So. Yeah. So the pressure of all of this or, or the following to bring it back down to the question that was asked is how social media is today at its simplest form and maybe the best way to use it is now like our family photo album of 30 years ago. Yeah. And so it's expressing the moments in your yeah. life that mean something, that shares something with others, that's a story of what you're doing on a daily basis and it makes it easier for the public to see. So Ben, mm -hmm. my opinion, and it's just my opinion, if you want somebody to truly know you, if you want somebody to share life with you, and you don't, and you want them to see that from the start, like through your social, then you're going to have to share what you're doing in your life so that they can see it, be inspired by it, be excited by it, or be at at the most intrigued and curious enough to go, I want to know more. I if agree. I think for Ben, he needs to do exactly that, which is just curate his Instagram to whatever he wants it to be, right? Mm -hmm. To like whatever he enjoys and likes. Because I'm speaking from a different perspective. I'm speaking pr from the perspective of a guy coming off The Bachelor with 95% yeah. of his following right. being female and having the pressure we talked about of but using posting that something. using business, that, right? Like, yep. I, like uh, not a business, yes, but also like the people that follow me don't care about me playing sports or don't care about me like doing a lot of things that I like enjoy doing. Cause I like sports. I like, you know, listen to, you know, they alternative you rock, whatever. Story. Exactly. Right. So if I post something with Ashley, it's going to get a lot more interest than me posting something that I'm interested in that doesn't involve but Ashley. See, how sad is that? I feel like life is very now sad. Is like, we're quantifying everything. Like got, our weight, the number of likes, the number of followers. I've got two things to say. And everyone needs to shut up for a little bit because I haven't said the thing in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, two points to relate to topics that we've talked about for the past 10 minutes. One of them to Jared's point. I posted a picture when I was rock climbing in uh, New Mexico this past week. 
very cool picture that I thought I was like 100 feet up on a rock hanging from the rock. Posted the picture, gets like pretty low engagement. My manager texts me and says, hey, the next picture you post better be a, a gosh darn picture of your face because we need to make sure your engagement is consistent for brands, all that kind of stuff. And that stuff sucks because it's like, Whoa. I know. It does suck. You I'm get gonna, told that? Yes. Uh, it sucks because I like doing, I like showing people what I'm doing, like rock climbing, skiing, whatever it is. That stuff doesn't do well, but that's the stuff that I like to share. Um, so I see Jared's perspective on that. And then back to Ben, our emailer, I would like to point out that to, to what Ben Higgins said earlier as well, that now we have this digital family photo album. Um, and I think it's almost the inverse of what you should be doing on your dating profile where the Instagram is a good opportunity for you to show you having fun with your friends in your daily life. I don't think that there should be many solo pictures of you on your Instagram. You know what I mean? We, in, I in a sense, have to do it because we're mm-hmm. we're essentially creating the brand for itself, whatever it is. But yeah. um, it's it's important to show you have a lot of friends. It's what really attracted Je- uh, Ben Higgins to Jess. He said yeah. that she had a lot of friends in a lot of her pictures. And I think that goes a long way, too, that, that you're fun, that you're engaging, you're fun to, uh, and fun to be around. But then on the dating profile, it should be... Uh, individual pictures because obviously you don't want to be in the group photos all that kind of stuff those are my two points and i'm sorry i wanted to work them in organically into the conversation ben is a big uh uh, talks a lot and i wasn't able to squeeze it in so i appreciate you guys being quiet for a little bit and let me get my (laughs) fill but everybody listens when ben's ben talks i know when the bends talk um ben can you help us yeah please i can try just just me and you right here right now um jared and vanessa are just going to fade away into oblivion for the for the 30 seconds while we set this up. I got to pee anyway. Um, no, you better stay right there, Buster. Um, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode of our oh, podcast. Come on. We don't have to talk. <laughs> ben doesn't need to be involved in this. We no need offense. resolution. I love you, Ben. Yeah, we, let's not add more people. No, to this. Like, no yeah, let's not add more people, bro. Ben is the most diplomatic person, and it's can not see- about diplomacy. But I'm it just has saying, nothing to do with the plot. I think that we should give provider listeners with some resolution here, don't I'm you? I'm not saying we should or shouldn't. I'm just saying me, we probably shouldn't me, add people. Let me to time in for chime in for one second. I, I do agree that you don't need to add anybody else to it. No the, offense. I love you. No, the truth is you, you already have. What? It was on a podcast. It was on a podcast. You're absolutely right. But it wasn't something obviously I wanted to talk about on the podcast. But as you well know, sometimes yeah. it's not just about us. And whoever thinks that it's literally just about us executing what we want to say and what we don't want to say is naive. And I'm not saying I said it on the podcast Mm -hmm. and I should have probably, if it bothered me to the point where I didn't want to talk about it, I should have had the backbone to say, I'm not talking about it no matter what. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting flack for that and paying the consequences for it. And that's fine. Well, can I say something? Yes, Vanessa. Okay. Um, I, first of all, there for, on my end, there's zero hard feelings. No, zero no hard, hard feelings, feelings at all. Of course. And for people who did hear it, listen to the podcast, Jared and I spoke right after the podcast. We spoke over the weekend. We've been texting. Um, and like, we're all adult adults here. Like there's no, you know, from at least on my end, there's like zero hard feelings. And I want to talk about expectations and vulner- vulnerability because it's something that I tried to process throughout the week. And in relationships, whether that's a romantic relationship or an interpersonal relationship, we have a level of expectation and that usually leads to disappointment. And in this case, I was wrong for putting those expectations on you, Jared. So I'm sorry if my expectations made the situation uncomfortable and it made for an awkward situation between you and I, especially on air. And that was the last thing that I wanted. But I also want to talk about vulnerability, which we really try to do on this podcast. And especially in the last episode, 
it was an extremely raw and vulnerable conversation on my end and on Jared's end. And I, I keep encouraging people to be their true self and to show up and to be vulnerable instead of, instead of trying to hide their true feelings. Now, that being said, it doesn't allow for outsiders to judge, for outsiders to make fun of it, for outsiders to be mean and demeaning. And that's the core issue here. People are scared to be judged for being vulnerable, but that's what we're encouraged to do. And yet we did that. And like, I got heat for it too. I got a, a lot of like mean comments about it. Um, so the mean people that wrote to me, I hear you. I read it. The people that were writing me nice comments, I hear you. And I read those things too. But I think at the end of the day, um, if your expectations aren't being met, like, of course, there's going to be a level of emotion that came out. And that was what ended up happening with me. And in retrospect, like I'm a very emotional person. Um, so I was trying to hide my tears, but I, I just couldn't control it. And I did apologize to Jared for not being able to control my emotions. Um, there's but, no need to apologize. No, Vanessa. I know, but oh I, I just, I, I apologize for, again, like the level of expectation and for making it have, I didn't want it to be awkward between us. And I felt so guilty because I'm like, that's the last thing I want for someone who's getting married. Like this is it's supposed to be the most magical day ever. And the journey of it, like, I know how stressful it can be. I don't want to add stress to that. Um, so yeah. And I think, I think for me, this served, I hope for our listeners, um, an example of what friendships can be like and not to waste your energy on being mad at someone or resentful towards someone if you're in a similar situation and you know just try to be understanding and try to understand what the other person may be going through and that's what I just wanted to say um, because I don't want anyone listening thinking that I'm mad at anyone or that I'm putting the blame on other people or it was all on me and it was my level of expectation that wasn't met and that's what ended up showing up um I don't know. <laughs> you know, no, that's great. Thank you for saying that, Vanessa. And of course, like, I, um, yeah, I just, uh, it was a, you know, it was something I should have certainly talked to, uh, both you and Nick about, uh, a long time ago, because no one's ever talked to me about it. And it's an uncomfortable conversation and it's just been weighing on me for quite some time. And I've been putting it off because I don't, even know what the right answer is and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I've never planned a wedding before. And I've never had this situation where like there's people that we're inviting, but that also means that there are people that are not going to be invited. And I'm not saying who's invited and who's not. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying anymore, but it's just something that, ah, there's, there's nothing to be said. There's just, there's nothing to be said. I don't know. I don't know. To, um, I'm only digging the hole deeper now. I felt no. like I had things to say and now I don't. You, you're not. So, so here's my take as a fan of both of yours and Dean. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> as a fan of the podcast and a fan of the two of you, I can't imagine what it is like to plan a wedding. I, I just can't. I, I think actually it's a it's a very uh, relatable topic when, when stresses like this come down. Jared, I understand your, your uh, frustration, especially that this kind of stuff gets aired, but there is something here that is really um, fun for, I guess enjoyable for me between the two of you and you did something really brave and, and courageous. You had a conversation in front of the masses that a lot of people have to deal with and you allowed the listeners in, um, in a vulnerable way. And I know it wasn't ideal and I, I bet it could have been handled a thousand 
different ways with a better path and a more understanding path forward. But what you did do is you allowed people in to hear a conversation that was real. And here, here's the truth of it all. Friendships aren't always perfect. Like they have arguments, they have battles, they have expectations that aren't met. Relationships fall on their face, oftentimes romantic, physical, friendships, whatever that is. We just happen to get a glimpse of it and it's not pretty. It's not, no matter who you are. And now, just this, sitting here now, it's like, okay, we worked through it. We're adults. We called each other. We talked to each other. We explained the situation. And now we move forward. But here's what's important about this conversation to me as a fan of both of yours. If this doesn't happen on this podcast, I'm lost to go, do they like each other? Are they mad at each other? Do they hate each other? Is there still weird things happening? Right. But now I know. Mm -hmm. It is the unfortunate situation, too, where uh, obviously I, I guess it was a a, a spontaneous conversation that came up, but to Ben's point, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens off air that the audience doesn't necessarily see. And uh, even the co-hosts sometimes don't see like, I, you know, I've, I knew you guys talked, but to what extent I, I was unsure. Um, and so to, to Ben's point, I think it, it, you know, it's good to hear both of your, I guess, resolution from the, the whole, I guess, conversation we had last week. So I don't think I really said anything. No, you did. Jared, you're a good dude. One of the best dudes I know, and I know Thanks, you man. care deeply, and I know this really pissed you off, and it should. It's more so, it's just like, listen, it's just, yeah, I don't know. And Vanessa, you're beautiful. You're great. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm out. Um, love you all. This is a great podcast. You guys Thanks, are just bro. fantastic. Bye, Ben. Thank Bye, you for, Ben. Thank you for emailing us. Oh, wait, no, that was the other Ben. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I think he made some great points. He can verbalize things a lot better than I think any of us can. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay, so so let's move on then. It sounds like you guys are in a good spot. It sounds like, you know, you guys were able to to talk it out. And I think that's the important thing. Like Ben said, we're all adults here. We all love each other at the end of the day. Friendships are weird. Sometimes they don't go, you know, as as they're supposed to. But at the end of the day, we all love each other. Dude, it's not even about friendships. It's just fucking stupid. We have to fucking talk about this. Well, but I agree. But we talked about it and... Yeah. I think the audience needs to know that there has been a resolution yeah. um, on both of your guys' side. No, no, it's fine. It's not. No, there's nobody's fault. You know, it's just, yeah. it's stupid, and I don't know how to handle it. So it sucks. It's it's not. It's it's just like I feel like I have to like. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I wish. I, yeah. I don't. Know. I don't. Uh, I think Jared's broken. I'm broken. I'm a broken man. It's also, it's not just this, obviously. There's all this stuff going on. Oh, you're super stressed. You're planning a wedding, man. That shit's yeah, it's not just the stressful. wedding. There's business things, too, that are mm. very stressful right now. And it's just like, I just want the wedding to be, you know, I don't want, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's expensive and everybody's planning and it's hard. And I just like, I feel like I cannot do anything right. Well, so come on. I, so I remember when my sister got married, um, it, I remember asking her, like, so how did it go? She's like, I don't even remember it. And I remember her telling me, the day you get married, just focus on the things that you know are going to be the most meaningful parts of your wedding. And those, all those little nuances that you think are important before the wedding are not going to matter after you get married. And that was, like, the best piece of advice. And I remember, I mean, I've never gotten married, but friends of mine who have, I always relate that message back to them because I'm like, you want to make sure you could be present and in the moment and kind of like when someone is, is pregnant, you know, I imagine how tough it is to be pregnant, but it's important to be in the moment and within those nine months to still, um, appreciate 
the fact that you're creating this uh, this life and so yeah it's like you're creating this this wedding and you want to make sure that it's 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 going to be a beautiful one and I'm, i know it's going to be one thank you vanessa thank you yeah it's well put it's beautifully put and jared at the end of the day you'll always be my second favorite co-host appreciate it buddy <laughs> 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 um okay well let's move on so summer well summer is not really around the corner for me but spring's around the corner and i love 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 having little picnics um but one thing that i hate is warm alcohol i don't think anyone likes warm alcohol and neither did dylan who is the founder of brewmate that's why he made it brewmates mission to shake up the beverage industry for the better brewmates stylish insulated drinkware is designed to keep your favorite beverages ice cold all day long. So if you're like me and you love picnics and you're gonna be planning a picnic for spring or summer, you wanna, you're gonna wanna get Brewmate. Whatever your tastes are, if you love beer, wine, or spirits, Brewmate makes every sip the perfect temperature. I hate it when my drinks get warm before I'm finished. If you're like me, you're going to absolutely love Brewmate. I, have I to love tell so many. A, I have to tell a quick story when you said warm yeah. drinks, uh, because when I was bartending one time years ago down in Narragansett, my friend came and there was a bottle. It was an outside bar. So there's a bottle of Patron. It was sitting in the sun for like five hours. And she's like, oh, I want to take a shot of Patron. Not realizing Good. that it was in the sun for like five hours. She took the shot. She said it was like burning hot and she almost threw up right at the bar it was one of the greatest moments of my life <laughs> yeah okay so that's why she should have gotten brewmate i love how many designs and styles brewmate has uh, has to choose from they've truly got everything and something for everyone my wine insulator and uncorked wine glasses are a beautiful marble-like carrera finish it'll keep a full bottle's worth of rosé at the perfect temperature all day long that's right all day for a perfect date night don't settle for warm alcohol. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day long with Brewmate. Visit brewmate.com slash Vanessa to get 15% off your first order. That's 15% off your first order when you go to B-R-U-M-A-T-E dot com slash Vanessa. Okay, you guys. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I just want to say to both of Jared and Vanessa, Ben's gone, that I do appreciate both of you being willing to open up and talk about everything that's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. And I think that's what, at the end of the day, this podcast is great for, is we can talk about the good things. We can talk about the challenging things. And it's not free of judgment, but we know at the end of the day that, you know, this is what we're here for. This is what we signed up for. This is what we love. This is why we do it. Um, so I, just, I, I appreciate both of you guys. Yeah. Easton and Mark and Tori and Amy and everybody. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I appreciate both of you. I am honored to come in here every single week with you guys. Um, I need to get a setup like Vanessa has maybe and just podcast out of my van at some point. <laughs> but, well, that's a bridge we'll cross a little bit that later. That needs to happen. Um, big thank you to Monica Berg, of course. Be sure to check her book out, Fear Is Not An Option. And her new book, uh, Rethink Love, will be hitting shelves later this year. Big thank you to Shake Shack. Oh, my God. I love Shake Shack. Shake Shack is the greatest burger that Ashley, ever I know Ashley's obsessed with Shake Shack. Did yeah, you get her merch? She got you obsessed. I used to think that there was another fast food chain with the best cheeseburgers, and I have been proven wrong, to say the least. That which cannot be named. Yeah, I don't even know if we can say it, but this Shake Shack has the best cheeseburgers. They actually just opened up one in Rhode Island. 
Nice. Very, oh, I'm sure that place is going to be they packed for four years. Canada. Is that the only fast food restaurant in all of Rhode Island? No, but it's the first time Shake Shack has gone there. And I'm telling you, Shake Shack, dude, it has a name. It has a following. Um, They also love Game of Thrones, and that's why Shake Shack is celebrating the last season of Game of Thrones yeah, inspired you say, It menu. sounds like you're saying Game Love Thrones. Ugh. Game Love Thrones. From now until May 19th, all Shake Shack locations, excluding like stadiums, ballparks, all that kind of stuff, We'll be serving the Dragon Glass Shake, which is a minted white chocolate custard topped with shards of dragon glass. Sounds painful. The shake is made from custard, which is frozen with packed snow harvested beyond the wall. All edible. And hand churned by members of the Night's Watch. Final prep occurs in Winterfell, where the shake is topped with shards of that dragon glass, as we mentioned earlier, imported from the caves of Dragonstone. Please note that supplies are limited as well. Because the wall is currently undergoing major renovations. This is all nerd stuff that's it's just going right stuff. over my head. Are you guys Game of Thrones people? I know. I've never watched an episode. Yeah. My boyfriend was watching the new season last night. I'm like, I need to get cut up. Cut up. How many seasons are there? Nine, I think. Eight. This is the what? Eight. eighth season. Here's me. the thing. This is, Whoa. Here's the thing. All my friends are obsessed with it. None of my friends are nerds. I consider myself a nerd as it pertains to video games, certain things. We all have our own nerdy aspects, right? Mm-hmm. The most beautiful thing about being a nerd is that there is not mass appeal for it. And the fact that everyone is obsessed with Game of Thrones and then they get on me for not liking it because I'm normally in like the fairy tale dragon, you know, slayer, that kind of stuff. You're the nerd for not liking it. No, I just in the, in the like the the, uh, right, the I'm stereotype the, of I'm what a nerd is. But I'm just saying the the fact that something like this has such mass appeal removes the intrigue for me. But I see what you're saying, right? You're oh, I'm kind of right. outcasted. You, don't you like want to be a follower? Yeah, yes. you want to be against the grain. Yes, I'm a I'm a nonconformist. Anyways, I don't even know why I'm still talking. <laughs> Pisces, huh? Anyways, that'll do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. As always, I'm Dean. I'm Jared. And I'm Vanessa. And I don't know why we're doing that, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, I Thank it. you for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we have a really great episode lined up for you. Special, special guests. We're not going to spoil it for you, but we'll let you find out on your own terms because um, maybe we'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.